It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. The biggest breaking news stories, an outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley-Brewer on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. It's Tuesday the 7th of September. You're listening to Breakfast with me, Julia Hartley-Brewer, on Talk Radio. As well as listening, you can, of course, also watch the show live. Talk Radio is now on your TV. Download the Talk Radio TV app or go to talkradio.tv for details on how to watch. Coming up, Boris Johnson will vow to end the catastrophic cost for social care as he sets out his plan for a hike to national insurance later today, despite lots of criticism from Tory rebels over his manifesto-breaking move. Meanwhile, terrorists could try to create a new pandemic to destabilise the West, former Prime Minister Tony Blair has said during a speech where he also defended his decision to join the invasion of Afghanistan in 2001. And Home Secretary Priti Patel has threatened to withhold millions of pounds promised to the French to block migrant crossings after a record 1,000 people were estimated to have landed yesterday alone. 6.33 is the time. This is Talk Radio. Good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Really appreciate you joining me. Uh, lots to talk about, as always. A very busy news week. House of Commons back yesterday, of course. Prime Minister's statement on Afghanistan, uh, pledging to help those uh, who are still there, uh, women who are, uh, so men and women who are still uh, uh, got a right to come to this country. Uh, well, uh, we'll see how many of those do actually manage to make it out. 311 people apparently are still eligible for evacuation from Afghanistan who are still there. Uh, social care, though, very much the biggest story of the day. Uh, today, the uh, Cabinet will get first sight of a plan for social care. That, that'll be the plan that the Prime Minister had in July 2019. Ready to go, ready to go, all the way. He said that just outside uh, number 10, his very first speech as Prime Minister after uh, ousting Theresa May. Um, and uh, and yet we're now only seeing this now. And the debates and the, round, the, the battles have been going on thick and fast between number 10 and the Treasury over the recent weeks to try and agree how any social care funding reform would be paid for. It now does appear that uh, uh, Rishi Sunak has agreed to a 1.25% increase in national insurance contributions but uh, they will crucially include those over 65 who also have earnings but it has been called a tax on jobs a tax on the working poor uh, and many uh, opposed to it not just so many backbench Tory MPs many in the cabinet are speaking out against it but of course privately because no one has a backbone these days uh, and of course uh, we also know that Labour Party are very much opposed to this very much the fact that it's a tax uh, on on those who are working at the lowest levels uh, and not uh, a tax across the board. So we're going to be talking about all of that. Plus Prince Charles, of course, denying any knowledge about the cash for honours affair. Not a clue it was going on. Hmm. 
Interesting. Uh, well, joining me for all the chat this morning, lots of top guests uh, and journalist and broadcaster, Fia Adam is joining me uh, to talk through all the big stories. Good morning to you, Fia. Good morning, Delia. Lovely to talk to you. Um, let's start with social care reform. The announcement mm -hmm. from the Prime Minister today, um, it is extraordinary that a, a measure that he had apparently all had ready to go, and when you've got a plan, what you're going to do, you all, that plan must, of course, include how you're going to fund it. Um, mm -hmm. And that plan, absolutely ready to go, July 2019. He has since been elected uh, uh, on a manifesto in which he pledged, one of the key pledges, I think page 15 of the manifesto, uh, says mm -hmm. that he will not raise income tax, national insurance or BAT. He's going to raise national insurance. Um, mm -hmm. What do you make of the plan such as we know about it so far, which is probably about the same as the Cabinet knows? Yes, and that's not very much, to be honest. I mean, this is the Conservative government up and down, isn't it? And all they are about is about breaking their manifesto promises. Now, we know that we do have a huge issue when it comes to funding the NHS and it comes to funding social care. But as far as I was aware, uh, Brexit would mean that we get an extra £350 million a week, I think it was, for the NHS. I mean, a boss told me that, so it must be true, right? Well, no, actually, so... actually, the NHS has had more than that a week extra funding. So, but for the the whole Already. time, was that supposed to be funded from national insurance? No, we were told that that would be ring fenced, and that was a manifesto promise that uh, that wouldn't. Okay, Afia, Afia, I'm going to have to, Afia, I'm going to have to correct you. I'm not going to spend the whole show going on about what happened in 2016. It is a simple matter. Oh no, of fact. neither am I. No, no, neither it is a I. simple matter of fact that the boss did not promise that that money would be spent on the on the NHS. That wasn't but a manifesto now, pledge. That was simply we a, now, we're spending. Spending that money, sending it, a fear, a fear, a fear. That we're talking about a manifesto, specific manifesto pledge about raising taxes. I just taxes. said that. I just said where we okay. are now, yeah. a manifesto pledge is about to be broken. That's exactly mm. what I just said. That's where we are now. That a manifesto pledge that he wouldn't raise VAT, he wouldn't raise income tax, and he wouldn't raise national insurance is about to be broken. A lot of people are saying yes that this is a tax on the working people, attacks on the young. But as you very rightly said, um, the government is saying that if you're over 65 and you are working, then this uh, a raise in national insurance, which is about five times a week, that's what they're estimating, will apply across the board. So whether you're 18 or you're working or whether you're 68 and you're working, this will apply and that, to that, you. I mean, that certainly There's makes no... it better. But the question is, I mean, again, there are lots of key things, aren't there? Because they're going to call it the health and social care levy. We know that when Tony Blair and Gordon Brown, but they stood on an election pledge to raise national insurance uh, by, you know, 1%, 1 um, to, um, to to fund the NHS, you know, hypothecated for the NHS. That was actually a very popular move. Um, there has been polling since that showed apparently what people thought was that it was literally everyone was paying an extra penny. People literally did not know yeah. what it meant because actually, you mm -hmm. know, a 1% increase on your 13% uh, tax is actually a rather lot more than a 1% yes. increase. Much, but this, much, but, much but this more, is the yeah. thing. People don't, people don't understand often. They, they, lots, I mean, again, lots of people and, and, and I mean, I say, I would say, you know, politicians and, and voters are, are both equally to blame for this. Um, they, they, they seem to think that National insurance isn't a tax, that it's something that's, well, I'm paying this in and this is for my pension, this is for my health care, this is going to be money that I'm going to be able to draw on a later date. Rubbish, it all goes into the same pot. It's a tax. It's just a tax by another name and hitting different people. But the crucial thing about national insurance that's very different from uh, income tax um, is that 
it affects, as you said, uh, it, well, it's, it's everybody of working age and uh, who is working. So it's a ta- it is a tax on jobs. You have to be working to get it. You have to be on PAYE um, mm-hmm. and, or, or self-employed. And it's paid on the lowest incomes before you're even eligible to pay yes. income tax. You're mm-hmm. still paying national insurance. So it hits the lowest paid workers uh, earliest. Um, mm-hmm. And it's the lowest rate of just 2% for the highest paid workers on their marginal income. And um, the fact that you doesn't, you don't pay it on things like, you know, income you got on profit from investment. So again, mm-hmm. wealthier people. And I say currently it's up to 65. Now it's not clear yet. Does this mean that national insurance is going to entirely be paid for by people, by paid by people over 65? Or is it just this extra 1.25% that's going to be paid by over 65s? But on all counts, it's complicated. It's unfair. Yep. It's more regressive than income tax. It's mm-hmm. got it's united Tory backbench MPs uh, and Labour MPs and and Labour leadership. That that's not a recipe for success, surely. No, and that is unusual. That actually cross party it has united everyone. And like you said, for no different one's going reasons. To stick their head <laughs> for different reasons, but no one's going to stick their head above the parapet and say who is support who is against this this rise in national insurance who doesn't want it to happen now i think what's really pertinent is what you said there that this affects the working poor so those of you who are even on the lowest wages will still be taxed however what remains is there is a huge gap in social care so if we don't have this rise in national insurance what else will we have to fund social care. And that's one of the key things. People, that is the question. People can, I, I, this is the thing I was, people cannot say, isn't it awful that this little old lady living on her own only gets someone who comes in for 15 minutes and makes her a cup of tea and, and, and organises a bed bath for us. I mean, how can that's terrible, that's terrible. No, well, if you want her to get the care she needs or for you know care home to be to be funded, again, this isn't just going for care homes. This is to fund social care in people's homes, which mm-hmm. is often what people prefer. Or if you think it's unfair that someone has had to sell their home to pay for their care so they're down to the, the £23,000 of savings which they're allowed to have then, then then, then, you have to accept that someone else is going to have to pay so who is it? Yeah. Now I'm very mm-hmm. much of the view that, that it's something that we should as a nation share out together and if we all take a little bit of the burden it's basically you know like a, an insurance policy right okay I'll pay in I'm hoping I don't have to need social care when I'm older or mm-hmm. I can afford my own but if I can't I've paid in for me and I've covered for other people who then do need it it seems to me that that is just what a civil society does now but there are a lot of conservatives would argue that's not conservative that that is that but being a conservative with a capital c is about is about not wanting a bigger state and that this is this is like you know this is a labor policy they would argue uh, mm-hmm. how, how big a criticism do you think that would be I think you are right in that one. Yes, a lot of conservatives would say, look, you know, if someone wants a higher standard of social care, they should be able to pay for it, that it shouldn't be something that we pay for across the board. But in fact, that is what they are proposing. And adult social care is a very, very difficult and very complex issue. As someone who is a mother who has Parkinson's and needs quite complex social care, I know how expensive that is and how it relies to us as a family to have and, to pay for that. And, and again, and and while, you're, while you're happy as a loving daughter to do whatever you can for your mother, you know, the, these things, they say, it costs a fortune. It's week yes. in, week out, year and on, year on. not everybody can afford it. Not exactly. everybody can afford it. And that's the problem. It's, a, it's very, very complex. It's a very complex social issue. 
Absolutely. Uh, well, uh, the other complex social issues, of course, Nash- the uh, uh, National Health Service is getting an extra £5.4 billion. Pounds. That was announced by the Health Secretary, Sajid Javid. Huge sums of money. I mean, meaningless sums of money to most of us, but that's just to increase capacity by 10% over the next three years. That money is going to go uh, up to April 2022 to help that backlog in treatments. Of course, we know there was just still this huge backlog, all the people who didn't Absolutely. come forward to get treatment uh, and, and so many people on those waiting lists already. So uh, that, I think, will be welcomed uh, by by everybody, whether or not you're supporting the NHS, just the extra money. We've, you know, we've got to get these people treated. The, what, Absolutely. What, what are minor routine operations like cataracts or hip operations to the surgeons are life-changing for the patients? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And these are people... Um, waiting lists are so high people are living in pain but there's also people who are waiting for referrals you know and what we don't want is a situation where things are being missed where people are dying early because they haven't got those referrals because they haven't got to see uh, the consultant or the doctor or the surgeon that she should that they should but this also needs to filter down into gp surgeries we also need to be a place where gps are seeing more people face to face as it is safe to do so as it gets safer to do so it is perfectly safe for them to do so Yes, and there's conditions being missed there as well. That happened to me, so I ended up having surgery and going into A&E when I didn't need to, when I should have been seen by a doctor. They, they, just, you know, they were not able to. to across the board. They were not able to discover what your 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 issue was without. Well, they just didn't defense. want to see me. They didn't want to. So um, change GP. Was, <laughs> yes. Oh, I have. Yeah, but again, oh, easier to do if you're in a, if you're in a major city and there's a choice. Is that mm-hmm. it? Um, let's also talk about Prince Charles. He's denied any knowledge of the Cash for Honours uh, affair that's uh, engulfed his uh, his uh, well, one of his most senior aides, Michael Fawcett. He said, "I knew nothing about Cash for Honours." He's also apparently endorsed uh, the inquiry uh, into the affair um, because there's also possibly a police inquiry. We spoke to Norman Baker, the former Lib Dem MP, who, who is and minister who's actually written about uh, royal uh, finances and. Uh, and he's reporting this case to the uh, uh, Metropolitan Police on the basis that, you know, selling selling honours, giving giving getting something in return for an honour is is a criminal offence. Um, how far how far how close do you think this runs to Prince Charles? I'll be very honest in my own personal opinion. I find it hard to believe that um, he didn't endorse uh, this person for a CB because of the charitable donation, charitable donation. Well, I mean, why else did he do he it? Had given. I mean, it doesn't, it's just, of course he did. It just, that's my own personal opinion. I could be wrong. I'm not connected to the case in any way, but it beggars belief that he didn't know it. Yeah, absolutely. And just uh, um, finally, uh, let's uh, let's also just talk uh, about... um, uh, 1,000 migrants uh, believed to have crossed the channel in just one day yesterday. Uh, Priti Patel, the Health Secretary, Home Secretary, sorry, has uh, said she will withhold some of that £54 million that she was promising to the French government to sort of try and beef up those border patrols on the beaches mm-hmm. in, in France to stop people getting on those boats and the people traffickers. She said she might withdraw a lot of that money if they don't stop the majority of the crossings. But 1,000 a day, I mean, this is getting absurd, isn't it? I mean, it's been absurd for a a long time. You know, we know that over the past few weeks, the weather conditions haven't been as favourable. Over the past few days, they have been probably why we saw a record number. Uh, But what we really need is to fix the broken asylum system and target the people traffickers in the first place so people don't take such a dangerous route to get into this country. And I think I would agree, actually, with Priti Patel withholding this money from the French government because they don't seem to be doing anything at all to stop these people getting in the boats in the first place. They said that they'll only intervene if boats capsize or get into trouble. We shouldn't be in a position where they're capsizing or getting into trouble in the first place. No, I'm 
although I, I, I would argue, is it the French? Is it the French government's responsibility? Is it surely it's what happens when those people arrive here that's that what would really be the determining factor? Also, you get rid of a one uh, people trafficker making millions, and another one will pop up in his place. Six forty-seven is the time we're going to look at all the front pages. Lots of those stories featuring. Uh, we'll hear more from uh, Fear Adam uh, coming up very soon. We are going to be talking more about social care and also vaccine passports. Don't forget, Talk Radio is now on your TV. Download the Talk Radio TV app or go to talkradio.tv for details on how. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Thanks for listening to the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.